Kia and welcome to the Hill Country Futures Partnership Program podcast series designed to equip New Zealand Hill Country farmers with decision-making tools and the best forage options for a whole farm system approach, which in turn future-proofs the profitability, sustainability and well-being of our pastoral farmers. I'm your host for this series, Seraperium Lamp, proud to support thriving Hill Country communities. So Derek, Tell us about the Hill Country Futures study sites. How many were established and how did you go about choosing where? It's always difficult to choose sites because everybody wants you to work on their farm. So there was a balance of on-station or, or on-experimental station um, work. So Paul Muir at Pukawa um, had a, an experimental site up there and then he also worked on a farm um, in the Hawke's Bay and another site in the Wairarapa. And then we also worked in the Wairarapa, but our sites were mostly in Canterbury. So um, Banks Peninsula, but also up the Ashburton Gorge on the Canterbury Plains and also at Lincoln University. Plus um, Central Otago, where we worked at Mount Grand and uh, wrote up data from Bogroy Station, um, which is just in Canterbury, the Otamatata region. We're trying to get some a variety as opposed to Lucerne being renowned for being dry land. Um, Absolutely. Most people would recognise I've worked on dry land for a long time, but this program was about the rest of the hill country as well. Hence the um, the sites in Manawatu that I missed um, and that we're collecting data from those sites as well. So some of the summer moist areas and can we take the principles that we've learned from the summer dry regions and, and move them into the summer moist? What kind of work have your team been doing across these different sites and how have they varied? Yeah, so mostly we've actually been comparing um, pasture production from the resident pastures with improved forages. So how much do you actually grow on a farm on Banks Peninsula if you put lucerne in compared with the resident pasture? The same in North Canterbury, um, in Amberley, the same in Inverary. So we've been working with farmers to collect base data of what pasture improvement can do to their um, pasture growth curve and their pasture supply. And of course, there'll be farmers listening that would be desperate to find out the results of of each of these as well. But I suppose it's around um, the collection of data, particularly over the 20 years that you've been working in uh, pastoral research. We have a changing climate and so therefore uh, collecting data now that could be rapidly changing. How do you take that all into account? Rapidly changing, but not that much. So you know, we talk climate change, but that's climate over a long term. Really, the change we can see and farmers will be identify as warmer winters. So that's really what I would say over my career has been the biggest change. And we can measure that quite easily on farm. Um, and then what we're trying to do, so, so pasture growth rates continue through the winter in areas where they didn't used to. Maybe not much, but certainly that was the 30 years ago when we started doing climate change research, that was the prediction and that's certainly what's happened. In terms of results, um, the improved forages have grown two to three times as much as the resident pastures in each of the sites that we've measured. So whether that be Lucerne on um, the Banks Peninsula area or Red Clover up at um, Inverary Station or in the Rangitaiki, it's two to three times as much herbage out of the improved forages compared with the resident vegetation. And there's going to be a lot of questions burning in farmers' minds listening. What about your management of that pasture, the grazing management, the establishment? Was there anything unique that you did to achieve that? 
No, these were simply, um, in many cases, they were the farmer's paddocks and we simply put cages into the farmer's paddocks, let them do the management of the paddocks and we just measured how much was grown. And in fact, the farmers themselves were quite surprised. They knew they were growing more forage in most cases, but they didn't know how much more. And quantifying that was really eye-opening to the farmers. Do you think that's because uh, Hill Country Farmers aren't as familiar with regulatory monitoring of yield of, as our dairy cousins are on a more regular basis? For sure. And often there's only them and a manager on the property. So doing it is quite difficult. You know, in one of the sites at Inverary, we had about 18 cages to go around. So it's a major undertaking to do it. And so each of the farmers was happy for us to be there, but not happy to go out and do it themselves. So that's the beauty of collecting the data for them is that we had that data and then we can help them make decisions based on it. And of course, as you said, um, a lot of farmers would have loved for you to have been on their farm. Uh, and we will talk in a future episode around Ag Guild's database and the collection of data across the country is, uh, is an exciting way that it's not just about scientific journals, it's about everybody collecting data. So anybody wanting to uh, set up in their own sites and collect data, what would your recommendation be and the why? Like How, how do you utilise this information? Yeah, so the why is that after two or three years, you don't need to do it. But you need two or three years of data to really understand what your pasture profile looks like. So when are you producing feed, particularly in hill country, the different parts of your farm, when and how much are you producing? How to do it? We've created a series of short videos that are on the Hill Country Futures website. So right from what equipment you'll need to how you actually physically do it to how you dry the material in a microwave and then how you calculate it. So there's a how-to toolkit available to them to go out and do it. Lucerne, for instance, there are longer-term pastures as well. So if it's in the wrong place uh, and, you know, and t- the turnover and making sure you've got the right legumes, there's a bit of risk involved in there. Is there a bit of uh, advice around um, test plots and, and things like that for yeah, those although, longer-term pastures? Yeah, for many farmers, I'd suggest that if we if they know what they're doing, they know where to put the pastures and they know the best spots. Um, free draining soils, north and west facing slopes, great places for putting legume plants. The warmer the area, the better. Often people think put things in the valley floor and think that'll be the best, but the earliest growing pasture is generally a north or west facing slope because the valley floor is the coldest part of the farm. That's where the cold air drives to. So um, putting those forages on some of those north and west facing easy contour sort of slopes is, is uh, first preference. It's interesting you say that though because at the same time too and uh, what they're lambing onto uh, usually when they've taken the stock off the hills and those flats are there for that security as well. It's that natural go-to, isn't it? Yeah, and um, but I would say that some of that hill country can become lambing and it can have good forages on it and be used in that lambing context and um, we've got some examples of that in the in the program that we've been working with. With snow in October anything is possible Derek. Thank you very much for your time uh, and of course we have further episodes with Professor Derek Moot and of course if you want to get that information on how to collect data uh, as Derek said head to hillcountryfutures.co.nz for uh, some great short videos and tips on how to collect your own data set. This is part of a wider podcast series of Hill Country Futures Partnership Program, which is a wrap of the $8.1 million research program co-funded by Beef and Lamb New Zealand, Ministry for Business, Innovation and Employment, PGG Rights and Seeds and Seed Force New Zealand. 
For more information, visit hillcountryfutures.co.nz. And of course, the Beef and Lamb New Zealand Knowledge Hub is huge with heaps of resources online as well. Namahi nui.